Any of you have a child or a grandchild, maybe even a niece or a nephew who thinks that the word help is like a bad word, right? They don't want help. They don't want anybody to help them with anything. If even it's something as simple as a zipper or buttons or anything, they don't want help, right? They want to get it done on their own. They want to do it themselves. And you know, sometimes I think we are a little bit like that too, right? We bring some of that into adulthood because we want to get stuff done on our own. We want a sense of accomplishment. We want to say that we did it ourselves. Uh, lots of products are sold like that, right? Because we think if we buy this product, we're going to be a better cook, a better house cleaner, a better worker, a better spouse, a better parent, whatever it is, we think we're going to be better because this is going to help us get the job done ourselves. And sometimes we take that over into our spirituality, into our spiritual growth, our relationship with God. You know, it becomes all about me and what I can do to grow. It's all about what I have done and will do. It's just so common for us in our culture, a pretty individualistic culture, to take that over into church life, into spiritual life. And so what I do is what matters. Now, I think there's even times when people like me who teach and the church sometimes encourage that, right? Because we say, if you want to grow spiritually, here's some things that you need to do on your own, right? I mean, we say, you need to read your Bible, right? And that's a good thing. When we need to read our Bibles, we can own 12 Bibles and put them on a shelf and they don't do us any good because we never actually read them. And it's true that if we want to know God's expectations for our lives, if we want to know what's right and wrong, we've got to read God's Word. That's the only way to get it into our minds and our hearts is to actually read it. So that, that's one thing that we do have a responsibility to do. But, but then what's the next thing we say? We say, you need to pray. You need to spend some time talking to God. You need to talk to Him about the things that are troubling you, the things that excite you. You need to praise Him and ask Him for stuff. You need to spend time in prayer. So far, it's all about me, right? It's all about me doing what I need to do. It's about me reading my Bible and me praying. And maybe we could add to this. We could say, well, you also need to, maybe you journal, and some people in the room journal, I know you, you write down your thoughts about Scripture, you write down your, your prayer needs and your praises, you write down sort of a reflection of what's going on in your life, and, and again, that's still something you're going to do. We've talked about fasting before and growing through that process of fasting. Well, nobody makes the decision for me to fast other than me, so it's still all about me. Now, all those things are fine. All those things are good. But here's what I also know. That when we're working on our own, it's easy for us to develop some blind spots, right? Some things that we miss. Some things that we're unaware of because we're so close to it, we don't even see it. And so maybe there's a temptation that's growing in our lives and, and we've become almost immune to seeing it because because it's too close. There's things that we don't recognize about our relationship with God because it's so much about me. 
and maybe we're missing something. Maybe even the way I'm treating my family, they don't say anything. I'm too close to it to see what I'm doing wrong or the way that I interact with people. We develop blind spots and we think we're doing really well and we miss the stuff that's out there that we just we're not noticing. On the other hand, sometimes we think we're doing sort of overly well and, and then there's other times when we can so easily develop a sense of hopelessness. Okay, I'm not doing this right. My relationship with God is not growing. I'm a failure as a parent or a spouse or a child or a grandparent. I'm not doing well at work. I don't handle my money very well. And we might say, Man, it just seems so hopeless. I'm not good at any of this. And because we're so inwardly focused and because we have the sense that it's all up to me, we can develop a sense of hopelessness. So how do we deal with that? And today I want us to think about that. And we're going to turn to a book that we don't get to very often. It's the book of Proverbs, sort of right in the middle of the Old Testament, just after the book of Psalms. We're going to look at two verses that are found in Proverbs chapter 27. And I think they speak to us living in a really individualistic culture, a culture that's all about self-reliance, doing this ourselves. We don't need help. We're going to do it on our own. And it helps us see that maybe there's more to the story in all of life, but especially in our spirituality, in which maybe we need some other people. So let's hear what the, the writer of Proverbs has to say. It's a very practical book. It's all about, okay, here's how life really works. Let me tell you how life works. And so we have this breakdown all the way through the book of Proverbs that tells us that. So the first verse I want us to see is Proverbs 27, verse 9. I'm reading from a different translation today because this one verse is really hard to translate, and I think the New Living Translation gets it best. So here it is. The heartfelt counsel of a friend is as sweet as perfume and incense. Okay, what does that mean? we got to think about this a little bit. The heartfelt counsel of a friend. What is that? We have to back up a little bit. In Proverbs, there is, it's just filled with with uh, statements that tell us this is the kind of people that you should surround yourself with. The kind of people that you are around, the kind of people that you live around, talk to, spend life with, will have a powerful impact on the person that you become. They will influence you, and so you need to be careful who is influencing you. Now, it's not about backing away from the culture, not engaging people, and sort of getting in a holy huddle and that's it, but but it's thinking about who we're really sharing life with. Okay, who influences me? And the writer of Proverbs says, the people who influence you should be the people of God, the people of faith, people who trust in God, who are serious about obeying his word. Because if you surround yourself with those people, they're gonna impact you in a positive way. And so when he says the heartfelt counsel of a friend, he's talking about that kind of person. Because we could have lots of friends, right? And most of us have some friends whose heartfelt counsel wouldn't be all that helpful, right? Because they mess it up a lot, and we know that that's not good advice. But he's saying this person who loves God, who serves God, who seeks God out and obeys God, if you see that kind of person, and then they start speaking into your life, listen. Because that's like... He says, perfume and incense. In other words, it's a blessing. That's stuff you need. You need to hear that because it will change your life. Now, here's the thing about the heartfelt counsel of a friend. 
it may not be pleasant to hear sometimes, right? Because sometimes if you've got those kind of people, who their, their love for God is actually greater than their love for you, and they're going to say things that may not be easy to hear, but that we need to hear. It may not be pleasant to hear because we're on the wrong path. We're headed in the wrong direction. Something is influencing us in a negative way. And they're going to point it out, not pleasant to hear. And yet, it's exactly what we need to hear. And so the writer of Proverbs says, listen up. Listen when a person like that cares enough about you to speak something that matters into your life because it's going to have a positive effect. It's going to point you in the right direction. Okay? And then the second verse I want us to hear, for our Proverbs chapter 27, verse 17, says this, As iron sharpens iron, so a friend sharpens a friend. We have an effect on one another, and if we're, again, this right kind of people, we're not perfect, none of us are, but we're seeking God, God out, attempting to obey God, honor Him with our lives, iron sharpens iron, we make each other better. And that's really the heart of the message I want us to hear from these two verses today. We make each other better. And so when we're together, when we grow together, we strengthen one another. We help each other grow in our relationship with God. We make each other better. It's better for us to be together than it is for us to be alone. In fact, when we look at Scripture, we look through the accounts of the life of the early church, both in the book of Acts that tells the story, and as we look at all the letters that we find in the rest of the New Testament that talk about, okay, here's what it's like to be the church. We never see these people trying to do it alone. What we see are Christians living in community. Some of them meeting every day because they thought it was that important for them to share life. That important to build each other up. That important to encourage one another. That important to challenge one another. That important to, to hear God's Word taught. So they came together every day to hear all that. They didn't try to live the Christian life alone because they knew they couldn't. They knew that they were better together. And so are we. We need each other. You know, when we try to live this Christian life alone, we develop those blind spots. We develop a sense of hopelessness. But, but when there are people who really care about us, who are sharing life with us, who speak truth into our lives, even when that truth can be uncomfortable, we are better people than when we try to do this all alone. We come from this culture that says the one person you can rely on is yourself. And you need to do this yourself. You need to lift yourself up by your own bootstraps, right? Self-reliance. Well, there's a place for that. But it doesn't seem to be the church. It doesn't seem to be our relationship with God. It seems when we look at Scripture, what we see are the people of God depending on one another growing together, living in community. And what we're talking about today is Christian community. We make each other better when we share in community. So how do we do that? Well, I think there are a couple ways. You know, we develop our relationship with God. We grow in that relationship, sometimes on our own, through things like prayer and study and journaling and fasting and the list could go on and on. And those are things that we need to pursue. But we also need each other. 
And the way that we grow in our relationship with God, the way we connect one to one another, I think happens often in one of two ways. One is that we serve together. When we do something in the kingdom of God or in the community in the name of Jesus together. And I don't think that there is anything like serving together. I don't think there's anything like going through something together. Maybe it's easy, maybe it's difficult. Maybe it's, maybe it's something that's a real challenge for us as a group. And, and when we get through it, we're stronger than we were when we started. We're bonded in a way that we weren't when we started. There's a sense of accomplishment when we walk through that together. And this can take lots of forms. I mean, some people in this room are involved in things like the prayer team that gathers together and, and prays for our church and prays for our community and prays for people who are in need, but also leads us as a church to a deeper life of prayer. They bond as they go through that. Some of you are involved in things like children's ministry or student ministry. And you minister to our students and our kids in powerful ways and, and you walk through that together and you accomplish things together and, and you're closer as a result of it. Other people are involved in worship ministry or our care ministry that sort of meets the needs of people in our church and our community. These groups help us grow together. And, and when you get to be part of that, it's not about just filling a slot and making sure somebody's present, but it's about doing ministry that matters and connecting to other people. So, this is early, I know. We're not to New Year's resolutions, but we're going to spend December talking about Jesus, and I want us to just sort of think, think about this right now. Next year, not now, December's too busy. Next year, how could you get involved in serving that would be meaningful to you would use your gifts, but would also allow you to connect to people in ways that would also be meaningful for you in the future. Because you see, you're going to be better with these other people who surround you than on your own. Another way that we connect, we connect by serving together, we also connect by studying together. And we're thinking now about new ways that we can do that and how we can expand that part of our ministry as a church as we grow together and grow in our relationship together. So we're talking about God's Word, we're studying about God's Word, we're sharing God's Word, pointing out what we don't understand, what has given us an insight, asking questions that maybe you've been afraid to ask about Scripture. We need that. We need those opportunities. So we're thinking about small groups, but we're also thinking about how we expand that grow in that, and we'll be talking more about that in 2018, but, but even now, be thinking about how you can fit into that, and maybe how, when some of those things are rolled out, you're going to jump in. Because, you know, there's no way I can do all this on my own. There's no way I can answer all the questions that come to my mind when I read God's Word. There's no way I can get all the insights I need to if I'm the only one who's doing this. I need other Christians to be part of this. You know, I think back, and even like last week, you met a couple guys that I'm close to and have had a relationship with for a while, and think about people who have impacted my spirituality. And maybe you're the same way, but it goes back a ways for me. And I think about people who, who taught me. I think about people who have been walking this walk a lot longer than I have. You know, I can remember the early days of ministry when all the elders in the churches that I served were way older than me and how they led me in ministry and how they cared for me and walked with me through difficult times and how I learned from them, how important that was for me. I can think about mentors who were, who were ministers who taught me how to do what I do today 
and still share with me. And now as I'm in a different stage in life when a lot of the elders in the church are sort of my peers, they're in my age group, and, and how good it is for us to share in ministry and learn from each other and lead one another in ministry, what a positive thing that is in, in the life of a minister and, and someone who serves in the church. And I also think about, not just here, but, but like last week, and you've met others from from Zimbabwe where I visited and how my Christian life has grown and expanded because I've seen what they're doing and see how they think about things differently than I do. You see, we're not all the same. That's part of the point. That's how we grow from one another. And I'm a better minister. I'm a better man because of some of those men that I've met that have challenged my sort of American way of thinking about church and ministry and the spiritual life. And then I, I look at, at sort of how this changes over time and how there are people who are you know, younger than me in ministry and in church, Christian life, and hopefully I'm pouring some things into their lives, but, but also how they teach me and remind me of things that I've forgotten and, and, and point out things about ministry and life that maybe I would have never noticed. We've got people like Zach Crowley, our youth minister, and Shelby Smith, who leads this worship service, who challenge me to think about church and ministry in a way that I never would have if I hadn't interacted with them, if I didn't have them in my life. And again, I hope I teach them something, but the man they teach me is we need each other. As a minister, I need the people around me. As church leaders, we need the people around me. All of us need each other because we are better together. We are not in this alone, and we shouldn't pretend like we are. And so maybe if you're, you're feeling that responsibility, and yes, we do have a responsibility to, to develop this relationship with God, but you're recognizing, I don't know if I can do this myself. You know what? You're right. And you don't need to do it yourself. If you're thinking about how you can jump in and get connected to people, talk to me, talk to some of the other staff. Our elders would be glad to talk with you about that because we want to see you connected. We want to see you serving and we want to see you growing in relationships because in the end, it is still true just as it was in the days of the Proverbs thousands of years ago. We are better together than when we do this ourselves. Let's pray together. God, give us the courage to admit that we don't have it all figured out. Sometimes we want to put on a bravado. You see right through it, but we think others don't. Help us to acknowledge our need for each other. God, help us to submit to others. To humble ourselves and admit that we need the people around us. God, help us to be the kind of people who grow in our relationship with you because we're growing in relationships with other Christians. We have a great love for you, and we want that love to grow from this life into eternity. And we pray that you'll help that to happen. Pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Maybe today you recognize that it's time to respond to God's call for a relationship. It's time to open your heart to him. And submit to him, submit to his call to put your faith in him, to repent of your sins, and to be baptized into him. If you're ready to make that decision, we want to talk with you about that, talk about your next steps and where you are. Or maybe you're already a Christian, you've already been baptized into him, and you want to be a member of our church and serve together with us. 
If you've made either one of those decisions, we want to know about it. We want to share with you in that. Let us know. Come forward as we stand and sing our invitation. Let's stand together.